Welcome back to Sound Pollution, everybody. This is episode 47 featuring Darksoft. Darksoft is an incredibly talented artist with two albums already under his belt and another one in the works. We are going to be discussing his musical inspirations and background, how he got through the pandemic, the art of music videos, the stories behind two of his tracks, his work with Stacking Pennies and Living Fang Audio, and what made him create Look Up Records. Please make sure you remember to click those links below and show this artist some affection. And here we go. So why don't you tell everybody about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm Dark Soft. I'm from Seattle area and I do music stuff. And <laughs> what, what do you want to know about me? There's, there's a lot we could dig into i guess oh I've, I've got more specific questions so no worries um okay what got you interested in music in the first place oh man uh i've always been into music i grew up around musicians my parents actually met in music school on the east coast oh that's and cool then, yeah it was really cool um like hearing that growing up and um my mom actually taught cello from our house like you know, throughout my entire childhood. So I was always surrounded by kids playing out of tune cello. <laughs> so yeah, I was always around, um, you know, they were awesome supporting me with like lessons. I, you know, kind of started on trumpet, mm-hmm. switched over to drums. Um, and then when I got into like indie rock music in high school and middle school and whatnot, um, I, you know, taught myself guitar and and uh, imitated Julian Casablancas. <laughs> so you taught yourself guitar. You didn't get any lessons. Yeah, ironically, I've only had one lesson ever on guitar, but it's like the instrument I write mostly on. Okay. Um, I did some piano lessons, did some vocal lessons, um, but yeah, never, never really on guitar. Uh, someone tried to teach teach me once, and. I was kind of like well into playing guitar at that point. And I was like, I don't agree with this style. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this like, isn't helping me. To each their own. This isn't working for me. Yeah, um, exactly. Do you have any artists that you're specifically influenced by? Um, yeah. So with Darksoft, I was sort of going for like this early 2000s kind of pre-emo sound, I suppose. Um, I was kind of thinking of like Elliot Smith with the vocal delivery and maybe a little bit of like John Lennon in in like how he doubles the voices and stuff. Um, but yeah, people have said it kind of sounds like Pinback or Smashing Pumpkins. Um, yeah. Someone yeah. kind of said it sounded like a slower, sadder Blink-82, Blink Blink <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Um, and so I kind of wanted to pull from like a nostalgia that I grew up with, you know, being around Seattle in like the 90s and 2000s um right. like remember when you had AOL instant messenger up and like what would you have playing in the background on your yeah. iTunes library you know for me yeah. it's like blonde redhead radiohead modest mouse strokes alice in chains stuff like that um mm-hmm. so i've kind of taken influences from all those like larger alternative rock bands i guess um i love new wave music too like the cure uh, oh, yeah. Man, tears for fears i like, definitely hear some of that new wave sound cool the, yeah you sent me. I'm, I'm glad it pulls through uh, it in certain moments that's awesome 
It does. And so when we're, you grew up in, in like the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Thamesies. For dark stuff, it's kind of coming around to like, Hey, what, what are the, some, some of the roots I can kind of pull from uh, in the Pacific Northwest a little bit more. Um, yeah, yeah, it definitely so influences you that area. Oh, was there a specific moment for you when you knew without a doubt, like, this is it for me. Music has to be what I do. That's interesting. So um, I'm going to sound like a brat here, but I took a gap year after high school. How dare and... you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I went down to Guatemala for uh, like a couple semesters and uh, we did like some service work projects and uh, nothing religious, just like some cool people. Just helping. I guess so. Like some immersion, uh, immersive experience. I was awesome. And the whole time I was there, I just uh, really missed writing music. And I realized that when I got home, I was just going to have a band and always have a band and always be writing music. And I even like had to buy an acoustic guitar while I was there just so I could like keep that addiction going. Um, didn't want to like lose any any of the touch. So uh, yeah, I think maybe that was a turning point looking back. Like I just never really stopped since um that was in 2009 but for years before that I was I was doing music as well um in like high school college bands and whatnot being away from it was the I have to do this like I can't just stop yeah exactly yeah okay um I think getting out of your routine and going somewhere brand new and like losing your identity like that kind of uh opens up well helps you find your identity maybe so why don't you tell me about look up records yeah sure um look up records i kind of had always dreamed of running my own record label like ever since i was a little little guy um so (laughs) we've been releasing tunes in kind of like the dream pop indie rock shoegaze psychedelic spectrum Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been really fulfilling. It's helped me meet so many cool people and helped build like an already existing music community in the Pacific right. Northwest and beyond. But it kind of um, helped, I would hope, I think it's helped unite people in like a new genre that was kind of underserved in that area. And to really like kind of catalyze things, I put on a, some events and we just called it Look Up Fest. And every event had this like paranormal theme. The first one was just like ghosts and paranormal stuff. And we brought in this group called Liminal Seattle and they were sharing like local lore and legends and ghost stories and stuff. They actually maintain a map called liminal.earth. That's um, like, yeah, this they're working on a cartography of like all the liminal stories and locations uh, throughout the entire world. So if you've had like a weird experience, you can submit to them. And uh, to like become part of this haunted Google Maps, dude. I'm so into that. Yeah, you should you should check it out. I'm a (laughs) so into that. I have my card and everything with them. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Are you going to be doing any more live events? Yeah. So I feel like this renewed excitement right now because everyone's starting to talk about events again, and I already have a theme for the next look up fest because every one i've done has been like conceptual um the second was one was like underwater and we invented this 
underwater cryptid that apparently like haunted the Seattle waterways and helped build this prophecy of his return. And then he just like kind of interrupted the festival. So it's um, also very sci-fi. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, dig it. So there's been this paranormal sci-fi bent in the event. Um, we did a Mars themed one. That was like the third big lookup fest. Um, every year, like every quarter. Yeah, uh, we did two in 2019 and one in 2018. And then had some on the books for 2020, but we all know what happened. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, um, but outside of the theme, obviously, it, we were just trying to attract like awesome uh, music out of the Pacific Northwest. And uh, we we did like a curation process, you know, we put up uh, uh, music submissions and people could submit their band. And we had like a few people reviewing just to try to like get sounds that sort of matched for the festival. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of how they turned out. Um, I can't wait to, to get started again. I think we're, we're already in talks with a venue uh, for holding something in Seattle for uh, mid 2022. So updates are forthcoming on that. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, make sure you keep Sound Pollution updated because every time you share something like that, I'll share it too. I know I don't have like the, you know, well, you know, because I started a fucking podcast right at the yeah. beginning of a pandemic. That's on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I hope you continue it though, because so many people did that. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to look, like, look forward to, you know, who, who keeps it going. Uh, oh, when I'm not going anywhere. Going. I have a five-year awesome. plan. Like I'm in. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I am such a workaholic at this point. Um, so keep That's me updated awesome. for sure. And we'll um, and also, if you want to drop a sister some tickets, I got family out there and I'll just come yeah. stay with them and I'll come and promote it. That sounds amazing. I would definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah, for Maybe sure. Maybe we could uh, put like a discount code for your followers too. Uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Let me know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Look at this online collaboration. Got this down. Okay. This is, this is how you make partnerships, yo. This is how it happens. We'll get back That's to that. That's cool. I'm I'm super glad you're. Yeah, you're just open to everything and uh, super. I'll put nice. anybody. I yeah. I'll put any kind of music on, but I am digging the the dream pop and shoegaze that's coming out because cool. in a lot of ways, to me, it it has some of that grungy feel that feels like home to me and yeah. I'm just I'm so into it I'm like how did I ever miss this I know I know uh, it, it's cool that it's becoming like a long-lasting subgenre, genre right? I, um, I, and it's kind of one of the only like holdouts of the indie rock spectrum that's like progressing music I, I kind of feel like sure everything else is kind of like a you know kind of flatlining but there's just a lot of interest and momentum in that, in that area. And, you know, people influencing each other too. Like I would rather take influence from my peers and like people I know and respect. And that was kind of part of look up too. like, mm -hmm. let's uh, create a community that we can like influence each other and like take bits from each other's stuff. I, I love Not directly, that. obviously, but um, right. more indirect. But, yeah. But I love that because when you have a community, you can go so much further with your art. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes, especially as a musician, you hear a lot of naysayers. You hear more naysayers than you do support. You know, everybody oh, will be like, oh, that's good, but don't you have a backup? 
And it's like, yeah. wait, that yeah. feel like a backhanded compliment right there. I don't know how to take that. Completely. It is so difficult to promote your own music. I, I wish I didn't have to do this. And I guess I don't have to do any of this, but no. it's just what I decided to do and I enjoy it. Well, but, you're um, doing good because like every time I get on there, there's there's a new video, there's a song, <laughs> there's a link to someone else's or look up records like you are hustling. You are working your oh, butt you. off. Yeah. Speaking of videos. Yes. Let's talk. Talk. Get into the music you, that I'm going to share. Let's talk about the tale of dark mode. The sure. It's like a video trilogy that you're working on. Yeah, exactly. So we've done these three parts. Um, there's actually a fourth video that's kind of in the same universe too. But I just, I love concept stuff. Uh, it helps me create art, just having like a direction. Um, and with the whole like dark soft lore that I've kind of been working on, it was sort of like influenced by this world of like computer viruses and, and kind of like dystopic technology stuff so I wanted to work on like a sci-fi kind of video series that would uh kind of link up different songs with different music videos um so the first part was for my song Wanna Cry and it's basically me at a ship's controls on the way to some alien planet and everything begins to malfunction and shit goes awry you know um and we we filmed this with the idea like we were we would try to do as much as possible in the smallest little environment as uh, as we could so we just had like these little screens reflecting me and i was wearing like this like butcher kind of um astronaut mask <laughs> we made to look like all spacey so that was like a very simple concept and uh it seems like the characters are going to arrive at the planet but it's all all just from within like the cockpit cockpit kind of image like 2001 space odyssey sort of vibe um the second is i i crash on this planet and eventually like need to explore and uh, i like found this star trek tricorder to make it seem like i'm walking around in this new universe and eventually I enter this like multiverse and see different clones of myself, which is very like Rick and Morty inspired. Very, very. Yeah. <laughs> and then in dark mode, it and well, the foreshadow video ends with me like watching myself playing on stage. And uh, we wanted to throw me through a portal, enter some different universe. And so I do that in dark mode and uh, like I basically follow my shadow and I'm trying to reach him, trying to talk to him. And uh, so I'm like that's traveling. A very, that's very Peter Panny. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the recurring theme of like trying to find your shadow or whatnot. And yeah, then I introduce like these cybersecurity guards that... <laughs> In, uh, I guess, in the universe, you're not supposed to go through uh, this portal without documentation or something. I don't know. They're, they're, they're hunting him. And so I guess I won't give away how it ends, but there's like an epic sword battle and stuff, which um, I just absolutely loved filming. And I wanted to do something like that for, uh, for a long time. 
So how much fun was that? I mean, I know it was a lot of work, but like that had, I, I, I watched them. That had to be a lot of fun. It was an extremely high amount of fun. It was awesome. Um, and I like, I had to meet a week or two before with one of the extras to like choreograph that sword battle at the end of dark mode. Mm-hmm. So I used to, I didn't LARP back in the day, but I did boff, which is just like sword fighting essentially mm-hmm. with foam swords. And so you like meet and you have all these different rules for like, if you hit the arm, you lose the, the that limb, you hit the, you know, leg, you lose that leg and uh, two strikes and you're out basically. And we would like organize these big battles back in like Issaquah with uh, friends in high school and stuff. So I had a limited amount of sorting experience, I suppose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with styrofoam <Yeah>. swords. <laughs> exactly. And then we realized after we filmed that, um, that we had to like make them all cyber looking. Um, I didn't want to like make them look too much like lightsabers, but right. yeah, because I wanted it more like a medieval cyber mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Uh, so we were able to find someone who could, who could do that with uh, just like the shitty tape we had wrapped around the swords. He was able to actually take that and make it look like something pretty legit. Uh, that was Brent Barry. And uh, the videographer I've been working with on this series is Colin Snyder. He goes by Dreamboat Vista on Instagram and elsewhere. And uh, yeah, he's just this amazing videographer that has never really said like, no, we can't do that. Um, he just kind of meets my crazy ideas and wants to actually figure out a way to do it. Um, and this, I, I know like viewers are pretty jaded. This is like really simple compared to the stuff you see on Netflix and Hulu and whatever. But uh, it's like extremely difficult making a DIY uh, anything. And yeah. I just, I owe a lot of credit to him for his editing capabilities. Well, there's, there's an art form. I know, I feel like people have forgotten, but there used to be an art form to music videos. Like it was a big deal. Yeah, I miss that too. Yeah. And being excited to watch music videos and share music videos with your friends. Uh, it'd be cool if, if we could like kind of bring that back a little bit. That'd be great. Um, yeah, it'd be fun. It was funny because the other day uh, I was listening to Garbage because I'm so excited there's a new album out. So I was, then I was oh, like, right. I gotta go listen to their old stuff too. And that video queer, it was all in black and white. Yeah. And at first you're like, oh, she's hot. And then you're like, okay, now she's she's a little fucking creepy. And it takes <laughs> you down this really strange the road. Of the strange. It is the so queer cool. The queer. Yeah, it is cool. I got to rewatch that. Um, but music videos are such a cool opportunity to like make little storylines and kind of interpret a song and just do whatever you want with it. It can just be a dream. It doesn't have to make sense. I guess I wanted to like kind of interlink videos and create like a, a larger narrative. Um, mm-hmm. And now like that, that, that dark mode video is done. I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of charting out how the story is going to go down in the future too. So uh, I, I want to like keep extending this and just putting him into like different worlds, essentially like different levels of a game. Ooh, you could take it that route easily. Yeah, yeah. Like some uh, icy tundra or some underwater environment or like some um, cyber dystopia with all these weird monolithic buildings. Like uh, the Borg. Yeah, exactly. I did like a very Borgy music video. <laughs> um for my song bad rabbit too and that was filmed yeah. by um 
Kyle Tolero, the videographer. Yeah, I've just been having fun, like making content. What were what were we gonna do during COVID? Really, there was nothing now? else to do. I was yeah, I, this, like, was this the worst time to start this or the best? Like, I don't know. I think it was not a bad time, actually. So let's um, talk about the song um, that you just finished the video for. Let's talk about Dark Mode. Is there a story behind that song? Yeah, there's a story behind the like the song itself. Yes. Um, that's a little different. For some reason, I got these like terrible voicemails from this man and he was just yelling at me. He was like, like just really extreme shit. And I was like, oh and my God. You're like, who are you? Yeah, who are you? What did I do? Um, I was like, stop calling me. And apparently my number was like spoofed by some, you know, some spammers. They do this. Yes, they do. And uh, yeah, they do it pretty often. And they were just using that number um, to act like they were calling from from me. And so he like called back and and just let out all his personal griefs on this like robot, basically, um, over the course of like 10 different messages. And uh I got that it's like really sinking feeling in your chest. Like you think something terrible is happening and you've done something terrible. You're like I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was basically it. After that happened, um, I called him back or no, I texted him back and he was like, Oh my God, I'm so, so sorry, man. I had no idea. Like there's a real person on the, on the other end of this. Um, and I just kind of was thinking like that happens so much with online stuff. Like there's not that much empathy. People, almost assume you are talking to a robot through yeah. the device you know whereas like there are real people real emotions on the other end and I just want to like acknowledge that a little bit more I think some of the some of the song kind of talks to that
albums have you released at this time? As Darksoft, I've put out two full-length albums. And you're working on out... another one, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So I put out uh, Brain in 2008 and then Meltdown in 2020. And I'm working on a new album called Cryo, as in like cryogenics. Mm-hmm. And that'll be probably out later this year. Not making any promises. Uh, it's looking good. Good. Do you have a personal favorite at this time? Is there like one that you're like, that holds a special place in your heart? Um, I'm super proud of Meltdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it took more effort. Like there was a good number of demos. There's like 30 demos I whittled down into the uh, 10 songs I included on the album. And it sort of like tests out a lot of different sonic areas. So I think it's more expansive. Um, like in dark mode, I tried, it was like my, for, my first string orchestration that I'd ever done. And uh, so I re- recorded cello on it. Um, Do you play and, cello? Yeah, that was like, oh, sorry? I'm, so, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Do you play cello? Did mom teach you? Uh, no, I actually recorded her playing oh, cello. Oh, you recorded her doing it? Yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so it was, a, it was a good collab. That was cool. I, I'd just been meaning to do that for years, you know. So that's on the album. Uh, I was happy to do that. And then I was kind of exploring different kind of like more dark wave sounds in some of the songs. And a couple sounded more like the previous album. So yeah, I, I was I was happy with how that turned out. Um, I also like tried kind of hard on it. And I think <laughs> the next album might be a little more chill, uh, <laughs> more, more laid back, more stripped down uh, and just kind of written more in the moment. Well, I feel like it's ironic that in 2020, you released an album titled Meltdown. Did you do that on purpose? So I uh, named it before the pandemic hit. Are you a little psychic? I don't know. I don't <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so yeah, it was just, just this huge coincidence. And I just kind of rolled with it. Uh, I made a lot of fun videos about like rebooting 2020 and about how society was melting down and crumbling. Just had a good time with like digital dystopia. Um, For sure. At the same time, like realizing the tangible costs of this all on, on people. Um, so yeah, it was a weird time. And then, you know, taking a lot of time off for kind of the Black Lives Matter movement and good. giving credit where, where credit should, should be. Uh, there was like a lot that happened last year, obviously. How did you get through the pandemic? I mean, aside from from helping out with movements and releasing your album, did you find that it was a good time for writing or did you find that it made it really hard? Personally, I wrote a lot. Uh, I felt like it was a good time for just working on your craft. Um, I, I did take some pauses, but a lot of what I had released was kind of pre-recorded in 2019. Mm-hmm. And early 2020 before things like really went down and then yeah i've put out some other stuff that's that's uh that i made with my partner actually just under some different names right so yeah we, we were able to to use the time and, and enjoy just having our life now you worked with stacking pennies did yeah. you with did you work with him uh during some of that time so that was a uh, how does that this happen? Spring, How did that actually. collaboration happen? Okay, so I run Lookup, um, Stacking Pennies, and I have, had been talking for, mm-hmm. I don't know how long, months. 
Um, and then we decided to put out his new record. And so we did that and uh, great reception. I think it turned out really cool. Um, really like their production style. He actually, well, the, the two things came onto your podcast on pollution and I was listening to it and Stacking Penny was, was talking about how they're really good at helping friends finish projects that they've been uh-huh. sitting on for a while. And I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call him out on this, see if he can actually deliver. And uh, so I, I sent over a project that I'd always wanted to finish. It was from 2016. It was um, a collection of these late night demos I made in my old practice space in Crybaby uh, on Capitol Hill in Seattle. And I was going there for a couple weeks, like almost every day, just staying until like 4 a.m. and then riding my bike halfway across the city home. And it's just this weird, dreamy little EP. I made like 10 songs and then uh, decided like five I wanted to to work on. Um, This was back in 2016, though. And I just sent him these rough demos. And I was like, hey, man, can we can we work on this together? You said uh, on the podcast, you're good at finishing stuff. What do you think? Uh, And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, you should just recut this and then I'll, I'll mix and re-engineer and, and, and master everything. So yeah, we did just that. I uh, redid all the parts, kind of polished things up, sent the, him um, all the tracks and he just did a really awesome job with, with mixing and, and mastering. And so we, yeah, we just put out this little EP. It's called Sightings mm-hmm. and uh, we put it out on World UFO Day on July 2nd in uh, in the theme of look up. <laughs> yeah, happy that that worked out. And it's just like these little instrumental kind of lush psych pop inspired kind of jazzy songs. And it's all instrumental, which was fun for me because usually I do a lot of vocal driven stuff. Yeah. It was nice just to focus more on guitar tones and what pedals I'd be wanting to use and just recording everything straight out of the amps as opposed to like doing too much uh, digitally in the box. So yeah, it's just a slightly different approach. But it was all thanks to you in a way. Uh, (laughs) Awesome. Hearing hearing the podcast. So Sound Pollution is uh, already making an impact. Yeah. I'm down. That makes me so happy. Cool. And and Stacking Pennies, they're just good people. Yes. Good people. I'm biding my time before I'm like, Hey, hey, you want to help me now? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, shout out to Living Fang Audio. I think that's the, the goal. Yeah. So that's like the home of Stacking Pennies. And it seems like they're trying to work with more musicians in terms of mixing and recording and stuff. So Did shout you out. Only benefit of the pandemic, I think, was a lot of artists got really creative and really driven about working with each other from great distances. Yes. Yes. How did I, that work for you guys? Um, well, I actually moved. I got a house in Portland, Maine. Oh, and wow. I like, I hopped coasts during you this. Totally changed coasts. Yeah. 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 I, I changed a lot in my life. Um, I was able to kind of act, pretty normally in terms of like what we were putting out with music and and the process behind it all and we actually for the label signed a new artist out of Toronto and got stacking pennies on board and then we have like new releases coming for all 
some of the other artists too. Um, and it seems like I'll be hopping back and forth like between Seattle and kind of trying to live the bi-coastal life to yeah. come back for shows and stuff. It was cool. Um, I, I'm very like excited to work with people that are open to just working things out remotely like that. Now, are you going to do like a lookup fest in Maine too? Have you thought about doing like one on each coast in like yeah. one six months and then one six months from there? Exactly. I think that's yeah. kind of my evil plan. I want to go to both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, you know, you moving to a new location just takes time to make yes. connections and I'm slowly uh, meeting people over here that are inter- interested in that kind of stuff. So like, yeah, doing something um, based in New England would be rad in the future. So down the line, for sure. I've never, I've never been to Maine. Do you like it? Uh, I do so far. Yeah. Um, the beaches are surprisingly nice. You really? go to Seattle and the the Pacific Northwest and kind of like kinda. just big rocks everywhere hurts your feet. The water is like really cold and mm-hmm. you get hypothermia. Uh, swimming in, in the Atlantic is, is pretty nice. And there's like big sandy beaches. I didn't really All the way up that. there, there's sandy beaches. Yeah, yeah. No way, I would have thought they had big rocks like on that side because it's so far north. No. Yeah, oh, completely. No, that's interesting. I mean, it's a rocky coast. They have like the fjords and whatever, whatnot around here. A lot of different little inlets and stuff. But yeah, there's plenty of sandy beaches. I was super surprised. I'm a big swimmer. Um, me and my partner, we love lakes, rivers, beaches on the ocean. Uh, that's like our big thing, swimming, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about uh, the other track you sent me, Foreshadow. I mean, we know what yeah. the video is about now, but what's the, what's the song about? Um, that's a great question. I contain multitudes, said Walt Whitman. Uh, that idea always stuck with me, and I totally agree, because things are never as black as white as you think. People can be complex and at times have competing narratives within the same body. Um, especially during social distancing, we sort of ended up hanging out with multiple versions of ourselves more often. So we might as well try to get to know them, right? So the Foreshadow music video kind of takes this idea pretty literally as the character finds clones of himself. And the lyrics in the song have a lot to do with shadow work, which is examining the darker parts of yourself to create positive change. Foreshadow, like most other Dark Soft songs, is also the name of a type of computer vulnerability or infamous hack. And this one is a type of speculative execution attack on processor hardware. Um, so my lyrics for the song sort of intertwine the internal baggage we all carry with the internal baggage of our digital devices. Checking volumes, got a lot of waste, you have baggage too, that's one of the lyrics. Or uh, Bait the Shadow is a more direct reference to shadow work. Um, In general, you got to leave behind the stuff that is a drag and move on, you know? Sometimes that means emptying the trash and running a life reboot.
Now we've discussed, you know, how we're emerging from the pandemic and we've, we've discussed look up fest, but do you personally have any gigs coming up just for yourself? Uh, nothing scheduled or announced yet, but okay. things uh, are in the works. So forthcoming. How can people find you and your music? You can find dark soft on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple music, all those sites amazon whatnot and you can find look up records at look dash up dash records.com uh, to check out all the releases from like other people that i've uh, been helping out with and here's a question uh yeah. if, if somebody was interested in more information about getting on look up records is that the best way for them to get in contact with you or do you have an email um, I think that's the best way okay. to get in contact. Yeah, for sure. There's a good contact page there and uh, message us on Instagram. That works too. Just yeah. Look up records. Yeah. And what social media sites are you on? I know you're on, uh, I want to say, is it Twitter? Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. On Facebook too. I have this TikTok channel and I just don't use it. I can't post I don't know how to like, use it. A whole another thing going. And and then people are talking about how Instagram reels are going to replace that. And they're okay, like, I don't know. Yeah. You should make videos post it there. So whatever. I make videos and post them everywhere. And then I get <laughs> offline. That's, that's great. <laughs> See, this is, I miss, uh, uh, what I'm really looking forward to is using online spaces to help people get offline. That was kind of a big part of like having events and promoting events mm-hmm. was to like, encourage people to leave the screen a bit more uh so i think that was kind of a blow during the pandemic is like okay that's not happening now we're locked down into this this is our only outlet you know i had to cancel a tour which sucked i was oh no so excited to get out into the world and explore and meet new people and like you know physically and then uh yeah it was the worst timing absolutely it was uh it all was booked for end of march in 2020 so i just had to cancel it all okay well maybe there was a reason maybe that kept you safe from like a plane crash or something i think it it all worked out all happened for a reason uh and i'm I'm sure like uh, myself and others will find those kind of outlets uh, coming soon in the future is there anything else thing else you want people to know uh, about your work hmm I just, I haven't taken advantage of that at all. No, you haven't, which, you know, I'm grateful for, because it's going to make editing so much fucking easier. But (laughs) but at the same time, don't give a crappy answer if you've got a good one. Yeah. No, you know, let's save future stories for future podcasts. I I would love to meet with you in the future. I got more stuff to share, but. Okay, you're going to hang on to it for me? I'm going to hang on to that, yeah. Uh... yeah but it's been great talking thanks so much for having me thank you for being on the show i really appreciate it and uh you know shout out to stacking pennies for hooking All right, everybody, that was episode 47 featuring dark soft i want to thank you so much for listening today And don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and share to Sound Pollution on listening platforms and social media. Uh, Just a quick note here, 
There won't be a brand new episode next week, um, but there will be a bonus music only episode next week because I am going on vacation this weekend. Also, make sure that you're following Sound Pollution on social media. I have some new updates coming your way. I'm just kind of ironing out the details and I'm hoping to be letting you all know what's going on. Uh, not this coming Friday, but the Friday after. I hope you're enjoying your wonderful summer. And remember, be love and make some noise. Bye.